0: Welcome to episode 35 of the Dead Idea of a Hala podcast.
1: My name is Gary Butterfield. It's a variety podcast. I have a couple things I just want to talk to you about this episode. Uh, astute listeners who heard episode 34, I uh, said something like this might happen. This is I think this is probably the beginning of the end for the podcast. I think I'm going to call it quits at the end of season 2. 40 episodes. I want to talk about that just a little bit. So there are a multitude of reasons why I'm going to do this. Um, One of which is that, you know, the podcast doesn't seem to really be going anywhere as far as people listening to it. You know, I understand, I realize that some things just take a long time to grow an audience, but I also realize that I have no idea when to give up on things. And, uh, you know, I did my other podcast for for a long time and never really grew its audience. I don't really want to go down with the ship with this one. You know, I'm I'm actually losing people. I don't know whether uh, that happened because of, you you know, why that happened, but it does seem to be happening. I also realized that this whole thing is like a real hard sell, even initially. You know, I started this. So I started this podcast, you know, around a year ago, or a little less than a year ago. And the idea was... That you know I'm a complicated person and uh, you know there are a lot of things that I do. you know so I have these strong opinions. I also am involved you know kind of engage in a lot of different parts of pop culture. I have a varied sense of humor and I wanted an avenue to kind of express all of that. And that's what this this podcast was. So in one episode I would have you know it was kind of like therapy or I would talk about you know things with my dad or, or things that bother me. And then other episodes, it was just kind of a place to vent. And some episodes, it was just a place to air out some jokes on things. And then also, I would, you know, parody things, or I would have these kind of interview segment ideas for people. I wanted to put all that stuff together, uh, put it all out there. It was, it was you know, literally, a dead idea of a was the idea of it. Kind of the problem with that, though, you know, so that's kind of... The idea of that gaining any kind of appeal is kind of predicated on those things hitting a, a center of a bell curve, or at least finding, being able to find, like, a niche. And, uh, you know, you know some people listen to the show, like, I, you know, you're out there, you're hearing it now. I'm really thankful that you do, but I really wanted, you know, for it to feel like... something, you know, that was worth, because it, it's it's hard work. It's, like, super hard work. I made this as a, as a way to, you know, because it would be easier than the DinoCast, the DinoCast, you know, yes, it was about three times longer than this, but it also was a lot less editing intensive. Uh, This podcast has grown to become, you know, a day project. One day a week, essentially, I spend on on this project. I really like it, but it doesn't seem, you know, to be going anywhere. I'm not, you know, I don't think that there's any fame to be found in amateur podcasting or anything, but I just want to, you know, I can't, you know, thinking about it, I don't even know really what I wanted to get out of this. Like, it kind of sounds like, I think, that I'm trying to be, like, quote-unquote famous or, or something like that. And I'm really not. I just want to feel like I'm I'm talking to somebody. I want to feel like it's a, a communication thing and feel appreciated and, uh, you know, that's that's all there is to it, you know? Um, and then just kind of the deafness, you know, it's just, it's not, the void's not working. For me anymore. I don't have time left in my life for the void. That is the the lesson that I learned in my 20s now that I'm 31. No time no time for the void. You know anyone who says that they do something without uh you know an audience of mind, that they totally do it for themselves I don't really believe that. You know I think that uh you know art really is communication you know that's what what you're doing and uh without that kind of encouragement or without um you know, feeling that it's really you know it's too hard for me to go on at least now, you know, with this. My uh, my buddy Cole, who I do watch out for fireballs, he just did the first year of his uh, those damn Ross kids podcast, and uh, at the end he's talking about you know how it's given him kind of a purpose and how uh, you know he felt a little bit like a rock star when someone would would respond, and I definitely got some of that. You know, I got a little bit of you know feeling of of identity and I felt really good when people did respond, you know, when I felt like I did actually reach people, but not to the degree that I wanted or needed, um, kind of in the cost-benefit analysis. It doesn't mean I'm going anywhere, that I'm not going to be not putting things out and and creating, because that's that's who I am, so that's still going to happen. I still have, I'm going to have Watch Out for Fireballs, which is doing really well, which is awesome. Um, And I'm not saying that, you know, I need this, it's not some kind of ransom thing, I don't want to make this sound like, you know, oh, you know, people aren't paying attention if, you know, that's the only reason why I do it. It's not the only reason why I do it. I just want to have a less regimented way to get out these ideas. I'm still going to be, you know, writing and doing dumb little sketches and such. And they'll probably go out on the RSS feed um, the same way this did. is kind of like just specials. Um, so if, you, if, you like, if you're interested in what I'm going to be doing in the future, if you like me, you know, keep... Keep your RSS feed open, keep your iTunes subscription open. I want to experiment a little bit with like YouTube's, um, kind of video editing and putting things out there that maybe will have a little bit wider appeal. I had this idea for this awesome, you know, just kind of like last minute marketing push. You know, is it going to be this? I had this catchy name for it. I was calling it Smapidivkimi utimililia biat jiaoink which is just a simple acronym. And it stands for uh, Save My Podcast, Dead Idea Valhalla, I don't know, maybe, if you want to. I mean, I like it and all, but I'm a terrible judge of what's worthwhile, I've never known when to quit, so help me decide if I should quit. It's just this catchy ap- acronym, you know, for that, and I have this I gonna do this big push and, and try to get, you know, implore people further to, you know, to help me out, but that's just, those are not, that's not my audience, those aren't my friends you know the people who i have i appeal to or i have chosen to surround myself with are not that's just not in their dna you know i i agonized about it a lot you know i just thought you know oh like i'm asking so little you know i ask you know people who are who are my friends first you know but also who i know like the show and and i would say hey you know can you do me this favor and and you know rate and review this or can you tell some people about it and they don't and, you know, at first that really hurt my feelings, and I was like, oh, I'm asking for so little. You know, why, you know, is my, any kind of success on my part, why is that not worth that much effort on your part? But that's a, a dark road to go down, and I haven't, you know, I can't uh, prove that that's not the case, or that's not incredibly fucking depressing, but I'm just not going to think about it. And because if I do, then I'm just going to end up depressing the shit out of myself and not liking you know, you know, being, feeling mean, I'm going to become resentful and bitter. And I'm already resentful and bitter enough. You know, anybody who knows me knows that's kind of my default mode. So I really don't need any additional reason to be resentful and bitter. So that's part of it. You know, just the podcast doesn't seem to be going anywhere. I was agonizing about that. I also kind of think, you know, so, you know, I felt like I was, felt like a quitter and I felt like shit. But, you know, at the end of this, at episode 40, when this is done, it's still going to stand as, you know, an accomplishment, it's still going to stand as 20 hours, you know, of entertainment I put together Uh, that's varied and unique and weird. And that's still something to be proud of, regardless of whether anyone deemed it worthy of support or if, you know, it was really everyone's thing. So I can still be proud of it. I'm not going to stop doing anything. I'm just going to kind of move on, try something different. Uh, I really want to try to finish my book, you know, and get that done. Um, so I can put that out there for people not to support and reject, um, you know. And and I, I and I also realize this probably sounds insufferably whiny. And there are people who you know maybe who are hanging on who this is going to be the final straw, and they're just going to be like, you know, I don't listen to this to hear you, bitch. And I don't listen to this because I care about that stuff. But you know what? Like it's the this, this show has always been about me, and I change. From day to day, and what I'm interested in or want to talk about or need to talk about changes all the time. So fuck it. Like, that's that's going to keep happening. So episode 40 is going to be the last one for the foreseeable future. There's going to be little things that will trickle in. Maybe I'll start up season 3. Like, maybe in four months after a huge break, I'll feel great about it again. And I'll start up again. I don't know. Until then, though, that's going to be it. Um, just going to put out occasional things. The back half of this episode, I have the first part of a new... Set of 88 lines about four, well, probably about four women um, doing with Zach Rouse. Uh, That's going to run for probably three or four episodes during this end part. Um, But there's still that we haven't finished that discussion. So I might do a couple specials. Like I'll run just that, you know, a half hour of, you know, edited. I'm still, I'll still produce it, but just a podcast of that. So me and Zach can kind of finish up that conversation a few times. I will probably run the rest of uh, the talk about music series. I'm gonna do a couple episodes, you know, between now and then, kind of interspersed with episodes of this, but I'll probably finish that out and kind of catch up to the present so I can kind of finish talking that out. Those won't necessarily come out once a week. I'm still, I'm switching that three weeks on, one week off, so no episode next week. Um, I'm gonna take that off. I'm gonna go Halloween shopping for my costume and stuff. Part of it, you know, and, and again, probably sick of hearing me bitch about this, but I'm real busy. Like, I just, school started back up. I'm married, I go to work full time. It's a lot of things to do, especially when I want to do other neat stuff. Like I want to finish my book. I like the video game podcast, and I want to have like a life. Like I need to be able to have, you know, I need to be able to bounce off things to have opinions on things to even talk about them, and that's really suffered, you know, just because I don't have any time to do so. So that, you know, that's that's kind of the reality of it. So we're on it's a it's a six episode countdown, um, going up to episode forty. I still have something really cool planned for episode forty. Um, that's going to definitely, there's going to be a break between the main episode and that episode, because that's probably going to take me about two weeks to put together. But this big, big idea for it, um, it'll be a nice climax to the show. I also have another, uh, collaboration with Nick Glauber, my friend who, uh, you may know him as Nas Energy from the, uh, Nas Energy Game Fuel podcast. Um, I have a different, you know, different, uh, collaboration with him that's coming up. And then, uh, me and Zach are going to talk, and I've got a couple other subjects I want to talk about. And, uh, and that's going to be it. So, you know, stay... Go down with the ship if you like it. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, show support at this point, that's fine too. Like, I'm not trying to ransom anybody into doing it. I still appreciate it. It still might make me feel a little bit better. You know, if this is your cue to exit, if this is what you were waiting for before you were just going to say, fuck it and leave, that's fine too. You know, but it's just... It's hard. You know, it's fucking hard. And I don't know how people deal with it. Like, how people kind Of create into the void like that, yeah. You know, I've been doing it for a long time, you know. I've, I've been in bands and everything that that people didn't seem to give too much of a shit about, uh, quite a bit. The uh, the next talk about music I do is really like the end of the dark period in, in the Metroids in my band, where you know, we were literally playing to empty rooms in our hometown in houses filled with our best friends, depressing as shit. like, and I don't, it's it's the exact same, you know, I don't have a way to justify that or think about that in a way that isn't terrible. So I kind of have to just think around it or it's going to bum me the shit out. So this first part of this episode is just kind of house cleaning Again, you know, I don't have anything planned to talk about. I'm just going to play a song and then me and Zach's conversation. Um, But I have some, you know, some interesting things, you know, coming up. I've I've had this episode about cats I wanted to do uh, since I started the show. Uh, that will be good and I also started taking a class I I started school again and I started taking a class called role-playing games as literature which is about uh, to a degree about like video games but also about like dungeons and dragons and such and I was interested in the subject matter and it sounded easy and for some reason you know every time I decide to be an optimist about something you know life kicks me in the balls and and teaches me not to so I thought maybe it would have some, you know, I'm interested in this hobby. Maybe there are other people who are interested in this who are not terrible. And instead it is the fucking, like, grognardiest class. Like, they just, they're, these people are hilarious and ridiculous and it smells bad. Like, it smells like walking into a hot dog as soon as you enter the room. It's so strange and such a stereotype. And I'm sure I'm going to get, uh, going to talk about that for an episode too because so far that has been hysterical. Uh, And incredibly frustrating. So uh, here is a song I'm going to play for you. And then uh, the first part of the new 88 lines. About four women. Hi, uh, this is Gary Butterfield. And Zach Rouse. And this is segment four of 88 Lines about four, well, pro- probably about four women. Um, this is our uh, reoccurring segment where we talk about women, our relationship with romance and girls and and growing up and to being men. And our debilitatingly sad pasts. Yes. Subjects. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So when we, when we left off, uh, last time, which was quite a while ago. So if you want to go back and, and listen to those, it's the, the late teens of the, uh, the first season, um, we left off, we were in high school.
2: So yeah, I think we were basically just starting high school.
1: Yep. And then in a large way, that's kind of when, when shit gets real
2: for, <laughs> for, for the subject. When people stop being polite. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I definitely stopped being polite around freshman year and then went back for a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And and then never looked back. 100% real. Yeah, so this is the I feel like this is the time that in the kind of um you know, traditional great American novel, American experience kind of thing. This is when you do all of those firsts. You know, this is when you have like the first like, you know, girlfriend and and, and generally, not always. Um, (laughs) and then you're me
2: and it carries on well
1: into college (laughs) (laughs) but oftentimes oftentimes yeah yeah
2: if you weren't yeah if you weren't a social miscreant like i was in high school yeah i I wasn't a
1: social miscreant but yeah you you were not a social you were i was shy yes
2: you were shy regarding girls
1: i don't i don't remember you ever being shy as just a dude
2: i wasn't even shy regarding girls i was just shy regarding any sort of romantic or sexual intent you know what I mean, is that I was totally comfortable being friends with girls, but there was a border that I didn't cross uh, out of fear. But I, I think I think maybe like the quintessential place to start with high school is, uh, Gary, do you remember your first kiss? And I mean, not like, you know, we talked a little bit about sort of prepubescent, like playing tag and kissing on the cheek and playing doctor and stuff like that. But do you remember your first real romantic kiss? Do you have a, a vivid enough? Is there a story there? Uh, there's not, there's not really a story
1: there that goes separate from just kind of first kissery, um, mm-hmm. with, you know, with my, my first girlfriend in high school who, you know, we'll talk about. Um, I don't remember a specific moment though, which is kind of weird, but it's definitely true. Um, I'm sure I asked, which is, you know, really yeah. stupid. It's uh, taken so, me a long time
2: not to ask. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: I think that's probably a pretty common experience, um, you know, amongst, uh, you know, uh, a lot of pe- men like us. Boys like <laughs> us. Um, but we I real
2: jack types like you and me. <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I do not have a. I don't have a specific story. Um, I'll kind of talk about it in generalities a little bit later. How
2: about How about yourself? Well, yeah, actually, I mean, I think your your situation with it being sort of your first girlfriend is probably more common, in spite of the I don't know John Hughes movie archetype. You know, where there's this moment, and usually it happens earlier. For me, actually, it was. Um, I was I was and Forever Will Be a Late Bloomer. I was seventeen. Uh and it was with a, a very good friend with whom I'm still friends, uh, who pretty much I had a tremendous crush on for almost all of high school. If you uh, want to not play the pronoun game, I can bleep this
1: person's name out in editing. If you want okay. to just use names and then I will I guarantee that yeah, I will it's, obscure it's, their name.
2: Yeah, I mean it's less for my own embarrassment than maybe right. for result of <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I had this huge crush on on Cordelia, and we were very good friends, and she'd been dating this guy for an extended period of time, and it was pretty abundantly obvious to everybody and their brother that I had a crush on her, including her, and then her boyfriend graduated. He was a year older than me, two years older than her, and went off and was traveling in Europe or something like that, so they broke up for a while, and she and I were hanging out, and we had this weird discussion of had I ever kissed anyone, and I said, it was like, you know... And I said, no. And so she paused, pulled the car to the side of the road and she said, well, fine, I'm going to be your first kiss. And, I, you know, I think we made out for 10 minutes or to my perception, I think it felt about like 72 straight mm-hmm. hours um, and pretty much. And it was great. And I was excited and thought I, you know, thought it was my John Hughes moment where the where the nerd finally landed the girl. Uh, and then pretty much the next day, for some, I don't know, theater-related function, we were hanging out, and she very calmly told me that she felt nothing about it, and that she tried <laughs> really hard to like me, but just didn't. <laughs> so I said, all right, then. So thats I, I didn't say all right. then. I actually was a, a miserable, shitty mess for
1: her. Yeah, that's definitely the, the high school crush that I remember uh, for you being kind of the defining one. Um, I think yeah. there were like, some other girls later, but um, – that really that's the one that I, I associate at least with with the high school feeling part of high school, oh yeah, you know, when we were kind of you know I was in my senior year and uh and when you were in your senior year and I had graduated, um uh, yeah. there were other girls, but this is the one I kind of associate with that.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, cuz my my senior year, my senior year was the other John Hughes moment where I actually made out with the homecoming queen who was dating the captain of the football team. Mm. And in many ways that was like the most validating experience of my young life because she was the one who took interest in me and made the effort to like cheat on her boyfriend. And it was <laughs> awesome until she started crying uh, <laughs> and then told me she would was going to go back with her boyfriend. So <laughs> oh, high school. But um, tell me about your talk, – let's talk about your first girlfriend because it was funny. You and I were friends, but there was a period – you and I had been friends since I was in seventh grade and you were in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And then there was that golf where I was still in middle school in eighth grade and you were a freshman and I saw you occasionally. We became friends again in high school, but then there was this period – and and I don't mean this as a criticism, but actually most of the time you were dating – we're not playing the pronoun game. Most yeah, of don't, time yeah just, just say the Most name. of the time you were dating – Eudor Weldy. I felt like – I didn't see you that much because you were very much so. I was not close to that relationship. I didn't sort of see it. And...
1: Yeah, the, the, you know, there wasn't that much to see. Um, that was, um, that you know, that was a big mistake. That that whole thing, which is which is fine. Like I, I well, thought, of like I, yeah, right, I, like
2: c- it kind of has to be right. I
1: had this weird thought of kind of like a parallelism in my life, in that like I, you know, I, mistakes are really important to me to make in like any kind of endeavor. Absolutely. And I and everything I do, like you know, when I think about like you know, music was bad at that for a long time and just did a lot of recording that like, you know, is, is varying states of, of listenable. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of the same thing. Like I kind of had to get that out of my system to have the context to know what would be right. Um, you know, pretty much it was the same case with, with this first girlfriend where I was kind of, uh, you know, real into this idea of getting a girlfriend and, um, because of, you know, and, and, got this girlfriend who was not appropriate and not a good fit for me but proceeded to stay with her for a really long time um to kind of get all of that mistake out of my system and realize it you know i don't i also you know among other problems in addition to having to do things wrong before i can do them right i also don't know when to quit things so
2: well there's also though with, with regard to relationships and i think uh certain people don't grow out of it especially now that you know, we're, I'm just barely still in my twenties. You're in your thirties. Most of our friends are <clears throat> at, at, at the youngest mid twenties and at the oldest mid to late thirties. I, you know, there's a lot of people where there's there's that they don't grow out of it or They come into that, that feeling again of like when you're 15 and you want a girlfriend or a boyfriend and it kind of doesn't matter who, as long as you fill that need. And then seeing it come up again with the shit, I need to be in a you know capital R adult relationship that leads to marriage. And so I see a lot of people I know, not a lot of people I know, but a handful of people I know really pounding square pegs into round holes trying to make a relationship fit because they think it's what they should be doing. And it's odd. It's odd with a life commitment because it's the exact same thing I saw in high school, except for that in high school you graduate. Right, you know? right, has a, has a fixed end date. Yeah, they're, they're both kind yeah. of expressions of this idea of,
1: uh, you know, we have these kind of like archetypes, you know, or this kind of, uh, this idea of where you should be at at certain times. And, and I don't know, you know, thinking back, it's hard for me to get into my own head enough to know if that was influencing me, whether I felt like I should, I mean, I'm sure I did feel like I should be, you know, dating and, and be in a relationship or whether it was just this kind of like figuring it out and the newness of it kind of being mistaken for, for more genuine, like affection like, this makes us, you know, it makes this person who I was with sound like a real Morlock. And, and like, you know, there's, there's just just really inappropriate. Like, she's fine. But she, it was it was just, it was really, uh, you
2: know, it was really wrong. Like, not a fit at all. Oh. Yeah, I've, I've been through that. Maybe, like, again, because I'm a late bloomer, maybe maybe later in life. But I know when I specifically, when I first moved to New York, I I dated a girl for, th- like, three months. And it was sort of <clears throat> inappropriate. um, uh, just by personality type, and I was older than her, not, like, inappropriately <laughs> older than her. <laughs> yeah. She was she was still in junior high school. No, uh, she was, like, still in college, and I'd been out of college for three or four years at the point we met, and uh, I would go to these dorm parties, and her college friends, were like, I was the grown-up, so... I was the one guy at the party who could drink whiskey without having to put (laughs) fruit juice or cola in it, you know? And I, and I finally realized how much older I was at least in life experience than them. And one of her friends asked me for advice on, on how to file her income taxes. (laughs) And I, and I actually said to her, I'm I'm 24. I'm not your dad. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I do think that I found in that situation where it was like the comfort of having a girlfriend, like having that, you described it to me years and years ago as, as, there's like both the person you're dating and you're with and there's also sort of the, the office of being girlfriend. And you said it's like if you don't own a sofa, you really worry about having a sofa. Then you get a sofa and you don't think about not having a yeah, sofa totally, anymore.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. Well, and, and just kind of just real quick, uh, going back to that kind of inappropriateness, there, I think the reason um, why that was such an issue for me um, is also because it's high school and you're start, still trying to figure that out about yourself. You know, So I didn't not necessarily understand what would be right for me. Because I didn't know, you know, what, what me was at all at the risk of sounding like an Oprah book. Like, you know, I, I was still trying to, at that time, especially specifically when I started dating that girl, I was really experimenting with this kind of like, you know, identity thing. Like I was real, like I was, you know, it was like real dark and I was real medley and, and, uh, you know, all freaky and crazy, and it was the kind of thing where like you know girls would. Yeah, you were borderline approaching goth and everything, but. Yeah, it's, it's really you know, and I I tried I tried at that music thing too.
2: It's, <laughs> you, it's, <laughs> it's... you bought some Bauhaus yeah, albums. I, I
1: tried, but it, it was garbage. So I didn't. But it was the
2: kind of thing where it's like, you know, I would. Well, Bowie has a crossover goth <laughs> Oh totally. Table, so you yeah. were. Yeah. And
1: there's you know, um, but there was the kind of thing where you know I would let uh like there'd be girls in class who are like friends, who who would like want to paint your nails. You know, because it was this weird subversive thing, and I would, I would be into it because, like, one, it was, like, some kind of attention, but also, two, because, uh, you know, that was, I was fine just presenting something, you know, like, fine, you know, fuck them. You know, I, I had a lot of adolescent, uh, you know, fuck those squares, like, I'm gonna, you know, blow their minds kind of attitude, too. And all these things kind of, uh, coalesced into me convincing myself I was the kind of person who should be dating the kind of person that was.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I also had this – I had this weird thing too because my first girlfriend came – like girlfriend came late. I think it was like only two or three months, and I can't remember if it was – I think it was like the end of my senior year of high school into the summer afterwards. She's a lovely person. We're still Facebook friends, but I had nothing in common with her. But I had minus a handful of close female friends for the most part I realized in high school too. I had this very homosocial life. Where most of my closest friends were guys, were people like you and Austin and Brian and Sparky and Greg and, and that, you know, and that whole crowd. And I, I think there was, although on paper I would have never, you know, I was an equal rights, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I think there was a latent sexism in me that I thought, well, of course I'm going to date a girl who doesn't have that much in common with me because no women are like me. You know what I mean? Right. And and I that's that's a nice way of cleaning it up. But but at the time, I I think on some core level, I thought, <laughs> this is awful to admit, but maybe that I thought, like, girls aren't as smarter, as funny as me and my guy friends are. So I'm just going to have to settle on that. And I realized, <laughs> like, two months later that that was just fucking stupid. And that I was dating a very sweet girl who, with whom I didn't have much in common, you know, and that that's all it was. And I was... And at that point in your life, and I think you with Eudor Weldy and 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 me with, with the first girl I ever dated was, there was exactly one factor, like that what, what qualified someone to be worthy of being in a relationship was that she was willing Right <laughs> <You know? laughs> that. Like, that's it, like, you're willing to touch my penis? <laughs> well, Holy fuck that's, that
1: seals uh, it uh, yeah. That puts you head and shoulders above some of these other people who I'm thinking about
2: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like everyone else in the goddamn high school
0: My idea. The Dead Idea of podcast If you like the podcast Please tell your friends about it Join it on Facebook Follow it on Twitter Send me an email Um, Go to your local library Read a book You don't actually need to drink Eight glasses of water a day That's a myth Just drink water when you're thirsty Listen to the podcast when you want to But tell people about it always If you like it I really appreciate it Go to www.deadideabahala.com Thank you the bottom of my heart and the top of my heart.